Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Welcome to My City Mixtape. I think it's week five. Week five? Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We got a special treat for every single one of you with... Um, obviously the interns graduating or the students graduating um, in service, uh, we thought it'd be awesome for them to actually use what they're learning. Um, and so we have uh, four of them this service, uh, three including Kelsey, uh, that are gonna bring the word of God this morning. It's gonna be fantastic. So make sure you scoot up to the edge of your seat, pull out your notebooks, pull out your phones. Uh, they got brilliant word from God to share with each one of you today. Um, but can you... Uh, Put, uh, put your hands together for our first communicator. Her name is Mackenzie Logan, and she's going to do a brilliant job. Good morning. I know what you're thinking. Yes, I was just up here, and yes, I did change my outfit. If you know me, you shouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> so like Pastor Jenny said, my name is Mackenzie Logan, and it's an honor to share the word of God with you today. Um, you guys ready? Okay, turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. So the story goes on. I encourage you to read the whole passage. Um, But the devil tempts Jesus three more times. Um, But Jesus, at the end of it, in verse 14, says he leaves the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to take a quick look in the Old Testament, um, how the Israelites handled being in the wilderness. Spoiler alert, not well. So Joshua 5 verse 6 says, the Israelites have moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all of the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So the title of my message today is Defined and Refined in the Wilderness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all of us that are able to share today what you've put on our hearts. I pray it's your words, Holy Spirit. Um, We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So as you can tell, there's a big difference between Jesus' time in the wilderness and the Israelites' time in the wilderness. So do you know why the Israelites stayed in the wilderness for 40 years? It wasn't because God didn't love them. He had literally just delivered them from Egypt. All those plagues, all that crazy stuff. No, it was because of their disobedience and their unbelief. They forgot who their God was and who they were. We can't always control what happens to us, but it's up to us how we respond 
to the trials in our lives. Your response in the wilderness will determine whether you stay for 40 days or 40 years. Will you let this trial be a season or a cycle in your life? So there are three main things you need to order in order to grow through the trials in your life and leave empowered with the Holy Spirit. Number one, walk in obedience. So many of us complain when things aren't going our way, but let me ask you this, when, what are you doing today to build your faith and to obey God? Are you living like the Israelites, full of doubt and fear? Or maybe you know what you should do, but you're just not doing it. You have to come to the truth that God is good and he will work all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Number two, understand the purpose. Jesus understood the testing he had to go through to be able to sustain him in his ministry. He had that perspective, this is temporary. He had hope for the future because he knew what this testing would produce in and through him. See, our trials are not about us. They're about refining us so we can be more like Christ and fulfill his purposes on the earth. And number three, know God and know his word. As you saw, Jesus says in every response, as it is written, we need to know the word. That's the only weapon we have against the enemy. And what you may not realize is right before Jesus was tempted, he was baptized in the Jordan and commissioned to begin his ministry. In Luke chapter three, verse 22, it says, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Do you know how much God loves you? He didn't perish because he knew who he was and how much his father loved him. Do you truly believe that God is for you and not against you? That, he, that you are who he says you are? So if you're going through a difficult situation, you feel like you're in the fire, know that you will overcome by the, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. How can we have a testimony if we haven't been tested? Do not give up and do not give in. Let God define who you are. You are a child of God. He loves you and he will never leave you. Let him refine you, obey his commands, keep the faith, understand the purpose in every trial and watch how you come out of this season in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Next up, I have the honor to introduce to you the amazing Lindsay Mulder. Hi, good morning. All right, so I'm Lindsay, and I'm a My City U student here. And I just graduated year one like a few minutes ago, and I'm gonna be going into year two, and I'm really excited for it, and I'm also really excited to be able to share with you guys today. So this morning's topic is growth through trials. In preparing for this, uh, God reminded me of a word that he gave me last fall when I was just going through it. I remember I was on the wall of the auditorium at HQ and I was nearly brought to tears with what he was speaking to me. And that's actually exactly what I'm gonna be speaking to you today. So 
We're going to jump into scripture. So it's my favorite book of the Bible of all time. It's the book of Daniel. And for the sake of time, I'm going to be paraphrasing quite a bit of it. But if you jump into chapter two, you're going to start reading about three dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the gist of the story is the, the king ordered them to worship a statue that was placed in the middle of the city. They said, mm, no, I don't really want to do that. And then the king didn't like that. And he said, okay, well, if you're not going to worship it, then I'm just going to throw you into the fire. And that's exactly what happened. It's kind of dramatic. But when I read the story, I put myself in the position of the guys. And if, if I'm in their position and I'm being thrown into the fire, the story says that they were tied up. And so I imagine myself tied up. I see flames all around me. I see smoke that blurs my vision. And it's probably really hard to breathe. And I can't think very well because the flames are tracing my skin. And it's all just becoming a lot, you know? And... If I put myself in their position, I'm sure they wondered why God even let them be in there in the first place. And there's a reason that this story is my favorite is because then it goes on to say this. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire when the satraps, prefects, and governors, and the king's advisors gathered around. They saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair on their heads was singed, their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. And that's pretty crazy. They were, they were trapped in a fire and then they left completely unharmed. And what God revealed to me is that sometimes you're gonna be in the trial, sometimes you're gonna be in the fire, you're gonna feel the heat, you're gonna feel the pressure, and all you can do is look up at God and just be like, why? Like, why, why am I here? But if we take a step back, if we adjust our view not onto the flames, but actually to what heaven sees, we can see a God that's standing in front of us, even in the middle of the fire. We see a God who doesn't let the fire touch our skin. We find the ultimate comforter. We find the king of kings. We find the one who is above all, and we find the only peacemaker that stands with us, even in the fire. Again, it read that not a hair on their bodies were singed. That's pretty crazy. They were in a fire, a literal fire. Let's not neglect that. They were in a fire, and they walked out completely unharmed. They walk out unharmed, and all anyone could do is just give glory to God. And the flames that dance around you, they're going to get close, but they're not going to burn you. And the pressure that you're feeling is so hard, but that doesn't change who God is. You see, the Bible says that God is patient. He is kind. He is so faithful to you, and he loves you so much. And the fire that you're in doesn't change the character of God. And God is above all things, and he's even above your fire. And I, I keep repeating the same ideas, and I, I know that, but I want you to get it. This is such a crazy concept, and I want you to get it. When you're in the fire, we're all gonna be in a fire. When you're in the fire and when you're in the trial, it's just gonna be hard. It's gonna be really hard. You're gonna, you're gonna feel the flames that go around you. You're gonna have smoke that's blurring your vision and you're not gonna know what to do and it's gonna be so loud and all you can do is just yell out for God, like, God, like, what? what? This, is, this is really hot in here. Do you see that flame? Do you see, what, do you see what that's doing, God? And I can't even think it's so loud. But God, and, and that's scaring me, but you're still here, so I'm just going to keep looking at you because I, I don't think I have a choice right now. And God, that, that flame right there, that scares me so much. But for whatever reason, God, whenever I look at you, you just, you're bringing me peace, so I'm just going to keep looking at you. 
And God, and I can turn my head and I can look back at that fire, God, but I'm just gonna look back at you. Whenever I walk away from you, God, I can just come right back because you're not going anywhere. And I can come back to you even in the fire, God. You're not going anywhere, God. The, that flame that is scary and it's so loud and I don't know what's happening over there, God, but, but the, that flame, that doesn't determine my faith, God, because quite honestly, I don't want it to. I want my faith to be term, determined by you and the fact that you've never left me, God. And so God, I'm gonna keep looking at you. I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep following you, God. I'm gonna keep coming to church even when it's hard and even, even when it feels like it's hard to breathe, God, because I'm not looking at that fire anymore. So know that you can either be staring at the flames or you can be staring at God. You can look at the only one who gives you life or you can be staring at that trial. You can be looking death right in the eye or you can choose to look at the only one who is gonna bring you freedom. And I'm not talking about like the fake stuff. The, the, the fire, that's gonna give you the fake stuff where you have to pretend like you're okay all the time. But the, 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 the God that we serve, he gives you real freedom that's gonna bring you real life. So leave today with peace knowing that we serve an ultimate wonderful God who brings peace even in your fire. He brings comfort even when it's hard and he's so much bigger than the chaos that you're in. Okay, I'm gonna pray for you. So God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for everyone in here, Lord. And I just pray for anyone who feels like they're in the fire, God, Lord, would they have the courage to run to you, to meet you, God, um, and would they just find peace and comfort in you? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now I have the opportunity of welcoming up someone who holds so much of my respect. Uh, give it up for one of our youth directors, Matt Reed. Good morning, good morning, church. How are we doing out there? And I am so excited to be able to share with you guys today. And I'm actually sharing on one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and you're gonna hear it, and you're gonna tell me that I'm lying to you. Um, I promise I'm not, and knowing that I do a lot with youth, you will understand why, <laughs> why I choose this verse and why it's one of my favorites. But it's James chapter one, and it says in verse two, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your, durin your endurance has a chance to grow. See, I'm gonna be talking from the topic or the idea that your response is your responsibility. See, I, I think being a, being a youth leader, this is, gives me good ammo, but it's not just because it's a, it's a good idea or a good verse. See, I've, I've lived it. I've, I've gone through it. I've understood what it means when things don't look like they're going to pan out. See, I was an athlete growing up, and, and, I, and I always just thought, oh, well, that'll just apply to the field. No, I mean, turns out it applies more to my life than it does to anything I experienced on a playing field or I'm done with now. See, what I love most about this verse is the fact that it says, when troubles of any kind come your way. See, if, if, if I could give you a perspective on this is that you are going to experience troubles. 
it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think since 2020, we've experienced this more and more and more when life just looks like, I, I don't know what next week's gonna look like. See, the nice thing about this is, is that God gives us a response for it and then a result from the response. He says, consider it pure joy because ultimately when trials come, that, that means that something needs to push against me. That means that there's a, something that I can grow through. That means that there's something I can push through to go to another level, whether that be in, in ministry, whether that be in my job, whether that be in your school, whether that be in a skill set that you want to develop. But see, it says endurance can grow through that time. See, I love this factor because I don't have to do anything for myself. All I have to do is consider it pure joy. I don't have to try and win the battle. I don't have to try and, and become the victory. See, my response, it lays out very clear, is that in a culture where we are oftentimes given an opportunity to be the victim, where we're societally given the idea that I, I, this is everybody else's fault, I'm not responsible for what's happening to me, everybody should throw a pity party for me, God says, no, count it joy because endurance can come. As endurance comes, it's not something that we're like, oh, I don't know what that means. God, God lays it out that endurance helps us move forward. It helps us keep our relationship with God. It helps us continue to grow closer to him. See, what I love so much about James is that he, he's very straightforward. If you haven't read the book of James, please go and read it. And for somebody like me who likes to overthink things, he makes it very simple. See, when, when we consider it joy, we don't have to work for the result. And, and I thought about that. I was like, God, I don't understand this. This, does, this doesn't make sense to me. Because how, how do come I don't have to work for it? How come I don't have to try and win this battle? And I'm not going to say that that doesn't mean you need to do your part. There's always something that you can do to keep going. But when I'm most filled with God, when I've been in his word, when I've been in prayer, this first part here, it comes easy to consider it joy. And I think that's why it's considered joy. See, when, when I know what God's done for me, when I'm constantly feeding from him and, and what he's doing, I don't, have to, I don't have to try for it. We've kind of talked about that. I don't have to hope for it. I mean, there's a lot of hopes in this world. But no, the, the Bible tells us that the battle has already been won, so why, why do I need to, to not work for it? Because Jesus already did. So when I consider it pure joy when, when a trial comes upon me, why I consider it joy when I don't know which, which step is to take, when I don't know what, what comes next in my life, I can consider it joy because even if I screw it up, the king of the universe has already covered it. He's already paid the cost. And it doesn't mean I'm just going out looking for things to screw up. 
But I do know one thing is that because Jesus came, he died on the cross, he lived a perfect life before that, and then conquers death, hell, and the grave by raising on the third day, I don't have to worry about anything that I might stumble upon. See, the battle's already been won. It was won on Easter, what we call Easter. But it's the greatest day in the history of mankind. I'm a sports fan, it's greater than when the Cubs won the World Series. For all you Chiefs fans, it's better than when they won the Super Bowl. I don't know much outside of sports, so that's what I got for you. <laughs> um, but it's greater than all of that because it took the striving, the effort, and everything that we could do for ourselves, and it put it back on God. It said, God, I can't take this. I can't hold on to this, and even if I could, I wouldn't do as good of a job as you because you've already done it, here you go. And now I can take joy from a hard situation. So what I would charge you with as we move forward into the rest of this week, into whatever we have going on in our lives, what, what can you consider joy in your life? What can you consider joy from a hard time because I know that God's already done it so I don't have to and that brings more joy to me than anything else could let me pray for you father we are so grateful for who you are Lord God that your son paid the ultimate sacrifice so we can count joy in hard times father I pray right now that as we continue to navigate waters that might not be certain I pray that we would know that you are with us, and I pray more than anything else that your spirit would give us joy to outtake every situation that we might run into. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And if you would, please show honor where honor is due and give it up for our amazing My City U Executive Director, Kelsey Kalinske. Kelsey Lee. All right, uh, today we're obviously talking about how God grows us through trial. So I'm gonna wrap us up. How's that sound? Good? I wanna give a lot of honor to the three people who came up on stage, Mackenzie, Lindsay, and Matt. They're all backstage, but uh, it takes a lot to come on stage and, and hold a mic and talk to a bunch of people. And honestly, what, what makes them credible to stand up here is because I've, I've seen their yeses. I've seen their trials I've seen their growth over the past one to two years, and that's what makes them be able to stand on this stage is because they haven't given up. So can we get up for them one more time? Today I'm gonna be teaching out of Zechariah. So I am a teacher, I can't escape it. So can I teach to you for just one minute, is that okay? All right, so Zechariah chapter four. So there was a time in Jerusalem with the Israelites where uh, the Babylonian Empire, which was a world power at the time, came in and took over the holy city. It, it burned the city to the ground. It took everybody living there as captives and removed them from their home. Pretty rough. And one of the main buildings that was built down was the Temple of God. The holy temple that David and Solomon worked so hard to build was destroyed in this raid. And I'm going to be teaching out of Zechariah, and Zechariah and Zerubbabel, everyone say Zerubbabel, this is a fun name, uh, are coming, they're Babylonian Jews. So they were people who were taken in this, in this uh, 
captivity. They were taken captivity into Babylon, and they were still practicing Jews, but they were living in a land that did not honor their tradition, did not honor their religion. And they were allowed to go back to Jerusalem. And they were allowed to go back and rebuild this temple. So Zerubbabel gets picked to lead everybody going back. And they said, uh, you get to build the temple. Kind of a lot to take on, especially after coming out of a season of captivity. And now Zechariah is the prophet. So in the Old Testament times, God chose one person to speak through to his people. And that was Zechariah at this time. So I have a word to encourage you guys in your trials, as obviously that's the theme we're on, um, a word that God gave Zechariah to give to Zerubbabel that I know is true today in my prayers that will encourage you just as much as it did Zerubbabel. So it's chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, it is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it! May God bless it! And then another message came, to the Lord, came from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. So to wrap up our MCU Mixtape Sunday, I want to encourage you with this truth, that you've got the upper hand. God, would you speak to me today? Would you soften hearts? Would you prepare them for one final word as they go back, before they go back into the real world, before they go back to face their trial, to give them encouragement, life, and hope, knowing that they've got the upper hand in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So trials are inevitable, as we've talked about. Either you're in a trial right now or you're going to be. And you might be hearing all these words and think like, well, you just don't know. You don't know what I'm facing. These are really encouraging things that, yeah, the Bible says that, but you don't get it. You don't see what I'm looking at. But I will tell you that the Bible is true. You've learned about three different people, now four who had real-life trials that are actually very applicable to you. So this word that Zerubbabel is getting is applicable to you. So I'm gonna break it down for you. The first thing that God says to him is not by force, not by strength, but by my spirit. Why are you trying to manhandle your trial? Why are you trying to do it on your own? Do you really actually want to do it on your own? Probably not. So it's not by force, not by strength, but by the Holy Spirit that you can get through your trial. Galatians 3, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Our salvation is birthed in the spirit, which means if we can trust our salvation with the spirit, we can trust our trial with the spirit. That's how you're gonna get through it. That's the spirit, the strength that we need. It's not by our force, not by our strength, but by the spirit. And honestly, what the Holy Spirit does is, 
I'd say the hardest part of a trial is you start to look at something inside yourself that freaks you out, okay? So you're facing something and fear rises up. Or you're facing something and you're, there's anger, there's temptation, there's sin that you're reminded of. I think that's really what gets us in the trial. But in actuality, it's the Holy Spirit looking inside of you and going, that in you needs to get out of you so I can get you to the next level of your calling. Not because I'm trying to pick on you and show you how you're imperfect, but I want it out of you. I can heal it, I can fix it, and I'm gonna do that so you can get through your trial and get to the next level, amen? The second thing that that Zechariah tells Zerubbabel through God is he will complete it. It isn't your trial to overcome. It's God's, and he's a lot better at it than you are. So let's let him in, because he just needs a willing participant, and then he can do his work. Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. The third thing that Zechariah tells Zerubbabel is do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Psalm 9:18, The needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Psalm 35 Weeping may last through the night but joy comes in the morning. 1 Peter 5:10. So after you've suffered a little while He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Trials aren't promised to be short, but they're promised to be overcome. And I think God truly loves the day of small beginnings because while we're like, oh my gosh, this is never ending. I'm never gonna get through it. I don't think I can keep going. He goes, they woke up again. They, they're, they're still going. They're still believing for me. They're taking another step. They showed up to church this week. They asked somebody for prayer. They're still going. And if you're still going, that means the victory is still available for your trial. Can you stand with me today? My city church, you've got the upper hand. The word of God is true. He is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is your strength. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, but recognize them as God still with you, still taking you through, and he will complete it. It's accessible and it's true. Your part is to seek it, to stand in it, to walk in it. So will you seek it today? Will you choose that path? God, I thank you for every heart in this room, every trial represented. You know what every person is thinking and going through, God, and you have a way out in the name of Jesus. I praise you for the fact that you have a way out. I praise you for the fact that you already know how it's going to end. And I pray, God, that you would increase, you would pour out an ounce of faith to be injected into every single heart, every single spirit, that they would no longer look at their trial, that they would look at you, God, and know that I know what my God says. I know what the word of God says. I know what Daniel 
Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.